because Mukesh Ambani is handing his $220 billion empire to his kids. Now, if this was you in his shoes, or on the kids' shoes, when are we going to Vegas? Are <laughs> <laughs> well, you buying Vegas for that? Or are you doing in Vegas exactly? So, Ash, you, were, you sent this thing on the chat about this Teacher's Pet podcast. Now, yeah. I've, I've, only, I've only read about it. Neil, you've listened to it. I think some of the other guys have listened to it. Hmm. Tell us the story because this guy just got acquitted, right? He's... Oh, did he get acquitted? No. That. No, no, he, no, he got he, convicted. He did get acquitted. Oh, you get convicted? convicted? Okay, You didn't even mix it up. You got completely wrong, mate. Controversy <laughs> 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 corner. <laughs> No more wasabi for you, bro. You had too much. <laughs> it's out of your system. Oh, my goodness. He got, got convicted. So t- tell us about it. All right. There's obviously oh, massive sure. publicity because what, <laughs> yeah. what I heard was the Teacher's Fed podcast brought publicity to this case. Mm. Everyone forgot about it before <laughs> or maybe they just ignored it. Yep. Tell us about it. Well, thanks for putting me in the spot. Um, yeah, so I'll just uh, recall it's, it's, everything it's that I can. Literally there in the notes, bro. <laughs> And use the word alleged, if need be. <laughs> you could have stuck Ash and then next to him, be like, you're only missing You made it very open. All right, so what happened was in the 1980s, um, there was uh, twins who were like rugby players and they played for the Newtown Jets. And effectively in the Northern Beaches, they were in a place called Kramer. They grew up and they were like two-star footballers. They became teachers and, you know. Um, so one of those brothers, um, his name was Chris Dawson. Yeah, um, he married his high school sweetheart called Lynette Dawson. Um, and yeah, no, 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 she was just, you know, they were both high school students at the time and they got married and they ended up having two kids. So they had a house. Um, he was, he used to play for the Newtown Jets as a rugby player. So obviously, you know, tall build, muscular, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, there was an environment in the school where the teachers were sleeping with the students um, and effectively, yeah, so it was pretty rough this in the 1980s. And so what happened was this, uh, so Chris Dawson, who was a, a, you know, a teacher for this particular high school, um, you know, started getting a school student to come and babysit his daughters. And during that time, he, you know, started a relationship with her while he was still with his wife. Um, so she was, I think, 16 at the time. So, you know, um, and then she sort of came from a bit of a broken family um, and then ended up staying over, you know, more than she probably should have. But, yeah, they were in an open open relationship so so the wife didn't really know any of that she was quite oblivious um she loved her two kids and obviously like you know loved adored chris to the max even though things were falling apart in their relationship um chris because he was like you know wealthy guy um you know had properties cash all that sort of stuff he was considering divorce but obviously um he's got his twin brother and he's got an older brother as well so he was you know when he was trying to think about divorce you know it's half right half your assets sort of thing like whatever that is and so chris is like you know what if she disappears or she dies suddenly i keep all my stuff so that's what he got into his head so effectively one day um he was trying to build up this whole plan and um she just disappeared and when when people started investigating and all that sort of stuff, he just went, oh, yeah, she's just joined their religious cult, uh, effectively, right? She's just disappeared. Mm-hmm. But then when when people were talking to, uh, you know, Lynette's 
friends, they're like, no, she'd never just up and leave. She would always take her kids. Like that's very unusual. She hasn't taken any of the clothes. She loved her clothes. She didn't take any of her makeup. She just left, just disappeared completely. So the stories are really, um, they were inconsistent with what he was trying to say, like with what Chris was trying to say. So that made the story a bit interesting. But back in the 1980s, um, he was a local football hero. It turns out the police constable or whatever it was at the time who was investigating this case about the disappearance was one like one of his rugby mates. Oh, right? really? So when he came and said, oh, like, where's Damn. the He's just like, oh, yeah, you know, she just disappeared, mate. She's gone up to the Blue Mountains or whatever. And she's joined a cult and she just left everything and just took off. She was unhappy and she was a bit of a weirdo. And the cops just pretty much just killed off the case. So she was effectively disappeared since that time. Um, since then, um, as soon as she eff- effectively disappeared, um, the girl, her name is Joanne Curtis, or she's known as JC, she came into this picture. Um, so she pretty much moved in straight away permanently. She was the mother of like two young kids, effectively like the stepmom or whatever it is, yeah. um, of two young kids. They get they got married. They ended up having a daughter. So the weird parts were when they sold that house to move to whatever next suburb, um, the new people who were building the house, they were digging up a side of a side of the house to extend or whatever. And so one of the day, one of these days when they were extending, um, lo and behold, Chris turns up, he's like, Oh, where are you guys digging? You um, and the new owners are like, Why do you care? Like that's it's not even your property anymore. It's like, oh, I was just interested, you know, like just want to see where you guys are digging and <clears throat> all that sort of stuff, right? So it got a bit sus because he was just like turning up to the property randomly, yeah. just trying to see what was going on. Um in 2018, um, so I was in the, I think I was in the UK at that time. Yeah, so I was in the UK and then someone came across to me and said, hey, look, have you heard about this podcast, The Teacher's Pet? And I was like, no. They're like, oh, it's, you know, it's from Australia. And I was like, and? Like, you're going to, you know, like, they're like, oh, listen to it. And I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, I just played in the background. I was like, Chroma. And it turns out uh, my old manager from Hudson had just bought a piece of land in Chroma. So I was like, I know Chroma. I'm like, yeah, my, my old manager's bought there, like, and he's building a house there, like, as we speak. So, like, that oh. suburb just rung a bell instantly. So, I was like, that's a small world. And then when they were talking about, like, you know, when I was going through all the, like, um, areas, that this bloke who was a journalist for the Australian newspaper dug this story back up, just, I think, out of a hunch or whatever it was, and just went, look, this person left suspiciously, like, just disappeared. No one's actually investigated. And then he just started this podcast to go, I want to, I think... The journalist said, I think that Lynette is dead. She was probably buried in the soil and her body's probably decomposed. So that, that was it. That was his prediction up, up front. And so as he did this podcast, he got this huge following, um, right? So throughout the throughout the 2018 sort of time. Mm. And then people who were listening into it from, you know, 40 years ago, they started calling him up and going, actually, I've got more evidence that no one actually asked me. And mm. they started uncovering more bits and pieces. So you had people like going, oh, you know, there was a painter who came and said, you know, when Lynette disappeared, the, um, this painter, like that Lynette had organised, she wanted both her kids painted, um, you know, like a nice little background or whatever it was. Um, I think she drew up the kids and she went away to her office to paint. And when she wanted to bring the final product, Lynette, Lynette had already disappeared. The painter gave the painting to Chris and Chris is like, I don't want it. That's, I didn't ask for this, take it away. And it was like, mm. it's like such a weird thing. And she's like, oh, like Lynette really wanted this. Like, if you Why would she end oh, yeah, it a couple right. of weeks ago? It's really weird. Like she was really excited about this. It was like little bits mm. of and this is the police had never asked any of this because it's like mates' rates, right? So yeah. it down, it's yeah. a lot of bits that were just really inconsistent. Turns out that you know, like it was super, like it was not like a character at all. It doesn't matter what it was. It was just a, like a lot of 
things that I just got, you know, were, uh, you know, muddled up. So, mm. look, in 2018, like late 2018, this started so sort of beginning 2018, um, by December 2018, that was sort of the last episode and Chris ended up getting uh, arrested finally because the police reopened the case against him to mm. say something's gone wrong. And then because of the podcast, because of the podcast, yes, yeah, so wow. the podcast effectively reopened up everything. Mm. They found enough sort of evidence to go something sus about Chris. Mm. Um, and then Chris's 16 year old wife at the time had they've already had a divorce. She started to come out and be like, Oh, no, you know, he was talking about hiring a hitman and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So there was enough evidence now to come back. There's, there's still no body, there's still no murder weapon, but there was yeah. enough evidence, like circumstantial stuff. And then 2019, they just announced going, the podcast has to stop because now he's in jail. And they just took everything down. They took mm. all the episodes off. So yeah. I remember trying to tell Neil, going, oh, hey, you should re-listen to the teacher's podcast. And when I was trying to find it, it was all mm. gone. And I was like, okay. Yeah, the yeah. court case opened, right? Yeah, That's mm. right. And that. now 2022, now like we're a couple of years into it, mm. and, and I remember just getting the heart. I was like, Oh, Chris Dawson, I just saw that. I was like, damn, like that's finally happened. And yeah, at, well, after all that evidence, um, the solicitor, like, you know, the solicitor on the other side went, there's no body, there's no whatever. But after all the evidence that was produced and all the background and everything else, so like the judge was like, yeah, mate, like you killed her. Like that was that was it. Like he got convicted for murder, like oh, um, after 40 years. And that's just because of a journalist picking it up. So yeah, I, think, look, nice. I think it was a stellar, stellar outcome. Unfortunately, like, you know, the kids, his the two kids from Lynette, they grew up with, like, I think the kids were like four and six. They were young, so they don't remember the mum. So mm. there's bits of their lives that they're going to have to side with the dad for a lot of it. But, yeah, it's just terrible circumstances. So, mm. yeah. yeah. That's yeah. rough, man. That's a great summary. Yeah. Yeah, thanks good. for uh, putting me on spot. But, um, yeah. <laughs> 16. <laughs> I, I saved 16 hours of my life. <laughs> that, but, but the podcast was actually really well done. It was yeah. it actually, like I used to, it wasn't like one hour long, sometimes 40 minutes an hour, but the way they did it was actually really got you into it. That's why I think mm. got a lot of followings and structurally and the information in there was like, shit, everything is like, it's like mm. it leaves you hanging to the next one, next one. I think that's yeah, where yeah. it just became so popular. Is it just a guy talking for the whole time? He does get and, other people to yeah. snip in bits as well, like where uh, possible. He does yeah. interview people, and he was yeah. like, and he went back to the original constable, and he's like, "Oh, wait, you know, why didn't you do this job?" And he's like, oh, "I don't remember." And he was yeah, just, yeah. you know, he was just brushing things off. You're like, "Wait, you wouldn't yeah. remember, like you didn't do your job." Yeah. <laughs> like, I think yeah. when you apply apply the eyes of like the standards from 20, 40 years after, you sit there and you go, "Yeah, it takes one terrible job or two so obvious." Mm. Yeah. It just seems like, yeah, the community's like, yeah, it's throw it away. It doesn't matter. This guy's pretty famous. Everyone loves him, so leave it be. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's good. Really good. Yeah. Power of social media, hey? Totally. Yeah. Power of podcasts, right? That's that's where I got out of it. So yeah. uh, get the reach going. Yeah. Join in. We'll, we'll be solving a lot more crimes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a great, I mean, great to hear about all of that succinctly, but mm. just a scary thing. Poor, poor woman as well that, you know, had to go through that and obviously her family that's been involved in barracking for justice at the moment. So mm. good to see justice served. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's uh, move to a more positive tone. If you had $220 billion, what would you do with it? Because Mukesh Ambani is handing his $220 billion empire to his kids. Now, if this was you in his shoes, on the kids' shoes. When are we going to Vegas? 
<laughs> are you buying Vegas for that or what are you doing with Vegas exactly he's 220 bill eh mm. so I mean Mukesh Ambani I think his background is mining like his dad's mining Shaz you might know but no, so they started off with um, um, Dhirubhai Ambani that was his dad there's actually a movie made about him there's a Bollywood movie called The Guru oh, yeah. uh, played by Amitabh Bachchan no, Amitabh, sorry, the son, um, Abhishek. Abhishek Bachchan, mm. where they pretty much, he started off with nothing. Yeah. Uh, so he used to just um, go around, what was it, the fabric, textiles, that's right. That's mm. how it started off, mm. um, just super low-key, and then yeah, just build his empire from that, yeah. from textiles, because um, Gujarat was just real big in textiles back oh, in the Oh, is he Gujarati? Yeah, they were Gujarati um so yeah and then just build an epic empire from there and then they just diversified into all these sectors so now they've got uh mukesh ambani's brother anil ambani he's mm. got that whole reliance um business yeah yeah. It's quite big in india everyone knows reliance you know yeah it's like the telstra of- yeah exactly that's right um and then mukesh has got his own stuff but yeah they've just diversified into bulk things now yeah well, the reason I ask this, right, there's a bit of debate on rich people handing over inheritance to kids. Some rich people are like, I'm not going to hand over inheritance because I want my kids to build their own. Some are like, I'll give everything to my kids, um, you know, help them have a leg up and build their own empire from there. What would you do in this situation? Well, I guess it depends because you've just worked so hard to build a legacy. Mm. You don't you want it to succeed. You don't want to just, you don't want to see it go to waste. Yeah. Like you work so hard for 20 years to get to a point. You just want it to go forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're saying you would, you would give it to Ari and Finn? Well, no, depending on like what their interests are. So, you know, that, I guess that's more of an ethnic thing. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. not every, yeah. like, you know, my dad's an engineer. Didn't mean I became an engineer to yeah. sort of, carry forward his um baton but like Mm. some some businesses do do that though like you know they're they're generational like you know their forefathers did the same thing and if that sort of fits their mold then sure by all means um but if you know if his sons are not into that then Mm. that business is going to fail like yeah just waste that 220 bill because he won't have the same drive the same passion Mm. um so they might not be the appropriate people to hand over to. Um, can, I, can I read a quote out of the CNN business part for that? So it says, I'd like to just cut Chaz off casually. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it says, Ambani 65 set out his succession plan on Monday telling shareholders in his Reliance Industries con- uh, conglomerate that his three children are first among equals and are being mentored on a daily basis by our senior leaders, leaders including myself. So they're already part and parcel of the business, right? Mm-hmm. So to hand them over and he's already got a 51% shareholding, that means they've already gone ahead and if they, they're happy with their business, right, they're happy mm. with the structure. So yeah. it's not like randos where, like take a like Gina Reinhardt's kids, they're like, oh, yeah, my mum's rich, give me my 100 million. And they're like, that's my 100 million. I'm, you know, I yeah. that's my inheritance. And Gina, Gina's just like, no, nah, mate, piss off. I bought your yeah. house, that's it. Like you didn't earn mm. this dollars, I earned this dollars. Yeah. Right? So. I respect Genius' decision and I respect this guy's decision. Like if they're really part and parcel, like Rupert Murdoch's, you know, boys who are part of those companies are very yeah. high level executives. 
100%. They can be passed down because I understand they want to be part of that business. Yeah. If they decide to sell it or take it forward or do whatever, that's upon sure. them. But yeah. mm. he's already, you know, he's already managed them. He's, he's you know, taught them by leaders, by all these examples. Mm. 100%. Like, why not? You know, yeah. I, I, I don't believe in giving kids just a free right, just of, hey, I've got 220, you know, what's it, billion or million? Billion. 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 I wouldn't be like, oh, hey, like, take a hundred million, do whatever you want, go yeah. and, you know, I would like, mate, like pick up your slack and figure your life out because I'm not going to give you cash. That's so right. I think that, that drives stupidity. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think all that comes with how you raise your kids up as well, right? So it's not like your life's going to be a free ride. You got to raise them up with the right values, hard mm. work and respect and everything like that. But on the flip side too, you also want to set them up to make sure they're not going to be bummed in the next life cycle too, right? So with, with that is, you know, you have, they should have access to the well not just by right, but actually by earning it and accessing it. Not like you should be your kids going in there and they can get whatever the hell they want, but mm. there should be a way in processing that. Um, but in terms of the business element and what that company is responsible for, so if it's you know telecoms and everything like that, there's a responsibility to the wider nation, which should be then in the right hands. Mm. I'm, def- I'm not for anyone saying, cut your kids off, you start from zero, I made a billion dollars and now you go go find yourself a job. Well, never got set up to be go work, working in a... Mac is at 14 years old, not, not like that. So yeah. they should have access to wealth 100% because that's mm. legacy and family. Um, but the other part where it's something that's more socially responsible, where you've actually built a business that, you know, needs to service the world, whatever yeah. it is, then that needs to be run accordingly. Um, but I'm not for saying yeah, your kids are completely cut off. They have to have the right yeah. responsibility. Because a, a contrast to that was, I don't know yeah. if you guys know of uh, Vijay Malia. He was um, the... Um, Kingfisher, right? Yeah. yeah, owner of Kingfisher and then Force India and mm-hmm. F1. And- Formerly known as Force India. Oh, yeah, yeah, but like, you know, he, he was filthy rich, loaded, and then his son was just, you know, a party party animal. Just mm-hmm. threw all the money. Um, and, yeah, look at him now um, compared to the Mbani's where, you know, they're just still going. Yeah. What would you do, Kev? Let's pass it over. Uh, I would... Definitely anything that I think I'm similar to you guys. Anything we work at is for our kids. Definitely won't tell my kids to start from scratch. But I think I build in little uh, tax havens and structures and trusts to help them to create their own and always have a fallback option to, you know, it's like that. It's like that story. So there's a fable. This is a bit dark fable, um, but it's basically this kid in village India. He kept asking his parents for money and his parents kept giving him money until one day his dad said, I'm not giving you any more money. I've got millions in the bank, but I'm not giving you any more because you're just going to waste it away. I want you to do this yourself. And then his father ended up passing away, etc. So this guy tries to do everything by himself. And, you know, he finally decides I can't do anything more. I'm broke. You know, I'm a failure in life. He goes to hang himself. And lo and behold, the pole that he hangs himself on in the house breaks and all his dad's money flows out because that was the t- structure that his dad set up knowing his son's going to resort to that. So it's like that. Not that it's going to end up in something as dark as that, but I think always giving your kids a safety net is good to help them succeed, but definitely characters built through struggles. 
That's some deep podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only had one beer. I feel like I need one. Abby's on the Pepsi uh, and he's just... What's catching. in this Pepsi? <laughs> <laughs> Abby's done so mellow. It's like he's just smashed down like eight litres of car bar. He's just like... <laughs> no, <laughs> my, my, my thought process is very similar, similar to you guys. I think that's why we're all such good friends. Um, you know... You kind of you, you don't want to like you know part of the pun because that was a freaking dark story, but you don't want to hang it over them. <laughs> you don't want to hang up money over them. Like you know, obviously you know what you're doing. You, you do for your kids, but you need to, you know, th- there needs to be like a, a degree of responsibility, you know, from the from your kids oh. to know that they're going to use that money responsibly because you know money money can create people but money can also destroy people yeah. and you know if we're if we're creating like you know wealth for our kids we, we need to make sure that that what we're creating is not going to destroy them yeah. so we've got to be yeah i think it's it's you know it's it's, it's a case-by-case uh, scenario like you know yeah we're, we're doing it for our kids but at the same token we yeah there needs to be a bit of responsibility for them to accept it um, mm. and use it appropriately. If, if I feel like, um, you know, my child's not going to use it appropriately, then, you know, I'm not going to see them just like, you know, see them destroy themselves. Mm. That's tight. That's deep, bro. Because it comes down to what it is, right? There's 22 billion or I'm not going to make 220 billion in my lifetime. So mm. <laughs> sit there and be like, yeah. What are you talking about? Didn't you get that Satu Kodi uh, thing, bro? Hey, before we finish, yeah, I want to chat about something to you guys. So I follow this guy on Twitter. I listen to his podcast. Um, he did something really cool in America. So he's an entrepreneur. Um, he's built and sold many things. But he did a pretty cool concept that I think would be awesome to recreate in our kind of circle and in our wider network. So what he did was he loves basketball and he basically invited, he put an invite out there for entrepreneurs, people that build, um, business owners, media creators to jump on in this weekend away with him. So like 12 people weekend away where all they do is basically talk, network with each other, and they play basketball. Now, when I saw the concept come up a couple of weeks ago, I was like, really cool concept. But the feedback from it after the event, brilliant. Like some of the feedback that the people have gone, obviously not knowing each other, but coming into a setting where people don't know each other, they're obviously united by the fact that they all play cricket. They're all doing different things. They're not all you know, accountants or they're not all commonly bonded through something, but they've been able to learn from each other. And they've all obviously played basketball there. But I'm thinking of a similar thing. So stress test this idea with me. Um, and maybe we can know we can go or no go live. So it's basically like a business slash networking slash growth camp with like leaders across any field who are also cricket lovers. So think of 22 people in a massive house or massive two houses on a property near a cricket field with cricket nets. Baseline uh, uh, expectation is no, no egos, no BS, no D heads. 
So if people want to come there, you know, comparing D sizes, then you're out. So that's his baseline expectation. Sorry, go Ash. No, I said I'm out then. Sorry. <laughs> Catching the next trip. So how, how it work is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Just think of it like a cricket trip with something deeper. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, everyone gets there. A net session to get everyone to bond, dinner, some drinks. Saturday, some kind of morning activity. And then, you know, you have your cricket, lunch, cricket. So the two innings split up. And then Saturday, you wrap up on leave. Basically, everyone then over the weekend presents a 15-minute session on anything that they're good at. So you're learning from everyone. And basically, for 1 to 1.5K each, so obviously you need money to run something like this, it'll cover your housing, your cricket stuff, get a chef for the weekend. I'm just replicating what these guys did, but they were like 10K each. Um, You get a chef for the weekend, you have your housing, your venue, your gear, stuff to put it all together. And the purpose is everyone teaches everyone something. You'll ideally have people who own companies, people who are senior leaders at companies, small business owners, creatives, social influencers, this event that they had. So he was meant to just have it with his network, but he reached out to people outside his network he managed to get Mr. Beast. I don't know if you guys know Mr. Beast from YouTube. He managed, he came to the event. Hassan Minaj, the comedian, ended up coming to the event as well for the weekend. I just thought it was really cool because it's a concept that's pretty attractive, that is unique, that not like basically no one's doing it from a cricket sense, but it's also cool for us as well, right? Get to know some different people through different networks and expand this uh, circle that we have. So what do you guys think? I'll share the tweet. I think I shared the tweet on there. I'll yeah. share the link later as well. But it's a cool concept. What do y'all think? I like it. It's different. Yeah, um, it's different. Nothing, nothing like we've had before. And I guess what, what the uh, you know the the bait is obviously everyone's got a common interest outside of what they're going there to do, mm. which kind of keeps everyone jolly <coughs> together. Yeah. Would I go to it? Yeah, I would. That'd be interesting. Like again, if it's open learning. And you have a common interest, isn't it? You're not like you're going to be sitting there quiet in the corner, not doing anything. But, That's right. Um, yeah, it's probably a new concept in Australia. I don't know if anyone does it, but I've never yeah. heard of that. But yeah, sounds good to me. And they were saying, I think this is like one of the guys wrote who attended it. Some of the observations he made was just astounding, like for successful people. Like one of the observations was like, he went there, he obviously has a few drinks, but he noticed that a lot of the people don't really drink a lot and some people don't drink at all. And so he just had this internal like reflection, like all these people are a, either not drinking or they've just had two drinks for the night um, and they've gone to sleep. So that made him think, all right, why are all these people doing that? Like, is there something that is a correlation between that and who they are in terms of how they operate? The second thing is he noticed that despite being super successful, they're super family oriented. Like when people started talking about the kids or their wives, like everyone was like wowed or talking, like they basically got involved because it was such a big part of their lives. And again, that made him realize actually, you know, to be successful, there's this media myth that you need to be this hustler to sacrifice everything. But it really just reinstilled some things in him that, you know, was really cool operating and talking to other people. So I think it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it feels like a bit of a gimmick, but I feel like there'll be a lot we can learn depending on getting the right crew as well. Obviously, it had to be curated because. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a hard part attracting the right people mm. um, to this. 
but that's how you get them through flushing out not the 1k but the 10k mark right i think yeah. if you if you say 1 1.5k you attract a lot of a lot of nobodies really and if you want to attract higher quality people people that got money people that made it mm. 10k should be a bare minimum so i think just... there's a different caliber of people that will turn up because you yeah, know, regular Joe's turning up there going, oh, I want to really learn something today. It's not a Tony Robbins conversation, like, you know, conference. <laughs> it's that type of getting the elite for the elite, right? So, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was going with my delegation authority internally here, bro. Anything we'll about 5K gets approved by Ashby. <laughs> save for 10 weeks and be good mate so uh... <laughs> not going to his own event <laughs> probably probably all of us here too <laughs> no, no, I, I think, I think why, I, why yeah like I said 1.5 does maybe you do like a, a junior mid senior thing but I think yeah. 10.5 should be a minimum then for that I mean they, they can work with 10k because they've sold companies for 10 million dollars um, I think one I, the thing is we'd curate this list so what he did was he had applications from, he didn't expect to get many, but he had about 50 to 100 applications, he said. Um, and he basically just went through and curated a list based on getting a different diversity of group. So he didn't want to get everyone from the same industry, everyone who did the same thing, just get a different, like what he did, like a comedian, a, you know, a person who's built a company, a person who's a YouTube influencer, just different brands of people to come and teach each other. So it's cool. Cool. Yeah. Green green light. Think, think about it first in terms yeah. of what we, what's the offering. <laughs> well, I, right. I, I, would, I would say, yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to give it a go and then instead yeah. think about who, what, how. The other the other thing is playing a game of cricket. Like I mean, it's pretty long, right? So like unless you do like a oh, P twenty 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 yes. Yeah, okay, cool. So, it won't be a seventy ever, bro. We don't have the fitness. <laughs> five five day <laughs> five day test. So um yeah, no, look, I, I think it'd be interesting to see that come through. Like I said, I can wish for like a ten ten sort of thing, like ten eight yeah. whatever it is. But and then you can sort of rotate people, see how they interact with different different things and mm. Mm. yeah. Nice. Ooh. I like it. All right, guys. Cool. Nice one. It's been real. Sounds good. It's been an emotional uh, roller coaster in this. Yeah, I know.